Hello and welcome to episode number 25 of A Scooter Affair. My name is Justin Guffrey and this is your podcast source for all things scooter. On this episode, I talk with Alex Jabrowski, cannonball rookie and scooter enthusiast. Sit back and listen as we talk small bore, challenge bikes, and of course, gravel roads that sneak up on you. Hi, this is Justin, and I'm sitting down with Alex Jabrowski. Uh, he's a fellow scooterist, and this year, 2023, was his first time running the Cannonball. How are you, Alex? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for sitting down with me tonight and uh, talking about your experience. Yeah, absolutely. And what an experience it was. That's good. We're gonna we're gonna hear all about it, if you don't mind. Not at all. So first off, how, how long have you been riding two wheels? So I've been riding in total all added up probably like six or seven years. Uh, it's hard to say to, to nail that number down exactly. But um, recently I, I took about a 10 year hiatus from riding. So in adulthood, I've been riding for about the past five years or so. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's something that, I did for a little while, loved, decided I couldn't do anymore. And, uh, you know, 10 years later came back to it cause I just, I needed to. So what, um, what possess you for, for people that don't know the cannonball, um, do you want to give like a reader's digest condensed version of what the cannonball actually is? Yeah, sure. I mean, reader's digest version is, just a bunch of crazy people doing a crazy thing, like riding across the country. Um, but to dig into it a little bit more than that, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, an event it's, it's set out. You have a predetermined route. Um, in a way you can kind of go whichever way you want, but you have to stop at checkpoints to earn points. And, uh, there are some checkpoints that if you want to be considered uh, a finisher, meaning, um, you, you kind of did what you needed to do to fulfill the cannonball requirements and get your medal at the end. Um, there are certain checkpoints that you have to stop at. And then, uh, the other type of checkpoint is like a bonus checkpoint just for bonus points. Um, it's kind of like whose line is it anyway? Like the points are made up and don't really matter, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun thing to do. It's a great way to see the country. Um, you know, I was, joking with my wife and, you know, a friend of mine, Mike, who did it with me that, uh, you know, if we approached our families and we're just like, Hey, um, I think I'm going to take like two or three weeks off and ride my scooter across the country. <laughs> They'd be like, what are you out of your mind? Um, but, uh, when you, when you kind of approach it in the way where it's like, Hey, um, so there's this thing, it's called a scooter cannonball <laughs> and you kind of slowly ease them into it. Uh, they become a little bit more receptive to that, but Bottom line is just a bunch of crazy people with nothing better to do than hop on a small bore scooter and go careening across the country uh, through some really, really cool places, meet some really cool people. And uh, I mean, that's that's about it, really. <laughs> so it was easier to introduce it to your to your family um, 
putting a title on it, uh, the cannonball, instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to ride across the country. Yeah, pretty much. I think it gave it some validity. I mean, our families know that we're crazy <laughs> anyway and that we do crazy stuff. And uh, I think this was a really easy way to sell them on this. Um, I know doing a cross-country ride was something that I had talked to you know, my wife about before and had really wanted to do. I just didn't know how to do it. And to do it as the cannonball, honestly, was probably a really good way to do it for the first time. Um, I, I feel like the cannonball, it's, it's something that like, it's not for everybody, but it's something anyone could do if they really want to and, and drive themselves to do it. Um, long distance riding is difficult. It, it has its own challenges that are unique to that aspect of riding, as opposed to even just like someone bebopping across like a congested city or, um, you know, going to a track day or something like a, a cannonball, like a stage of a cannonball, like one day has its own, its own challenges that are unique to it. So, you know, like I said, like, it's not, it's not for everybody, but I feel like it's something everyone can do. Um, and I think it's just a fantastic way to just get out and, and see, see what it's all about. It's, it's a huge experience at, at once, but at the same time, you know, when I think back to doing the cannonball, you know, the first, the first day, day and a half, maybe two days felt really long. And then after that, it was just a blur, you know, in talking with Mike, who, you know, he and I rode together the whole way, um, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, you remember going past, uh that cool farm or whatever it was it's like, yeah, where was that? It's like, Oh, that had to have been halfway. Don't you think like Oklahoma somewhere? It's just like thinking back and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. That was Georgia. That was the beginning of the last day we saw that. It's like, wow. <laughs> how did, how did my mind warp that <laughs> to, right, right. to have that memory where it is? But um, yeah, it just, it, it does something funky to your head, but nah, it's, it's a cool, cool thing. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it started this year's cannonball um, was from June 12 to June 25. And it started in San Clemente, California, ended up in Hilton Head. I'm sorry, resolved in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, it started June 18th and went to the 25th. Okay. Um, I think it was eight days. Basically started on a Sunday morning ended on the following Sunday afternoon. So we did a total of eight days and uh, yeah, started San Clemente, California, cool little, just kind of laid back surfer town, like halfway between LA and San Diego and took basically a Southern route uh, and, and ended up in Hilton head, South Carolina, man. It was, it was a trip. It really was. <laughs> so what was your vehicle of choice? Yeah. So I did the cannonball on a 2022 Honda Super Cub 125. It was a noble steed, I have to say. <laughs> the bike itself was absolutely fantastic. Um, the only issue I had really wasn't even the bike's fault, I thought. It just I had really bad issues with my chain stretching. It had a relatively new chain on it when I started. Um, I pretty much roached it by about day four, that chain was 
screaming to have the madness ended and and removed from the bike and, and replaced with something else. But it ended up making it <laughs> somehow. But yeah, the bike didn't miss a beat. Um, all having said that, it did only have about nine horsepower. So riding through some of the hills and at elevation in Arizona and New Mexico, it uh, was it was certainly out of its element a little bit, but it it did it did awesome. Um, I didn't realize either. I have to say, the the Super Cub or something like it is considered a challenge bike. I was told this and made aware on, I think about day three, we were in the parking lot of the hotel in uh, Los Alamos, New Mexico, changing the rear tire on Mike's scooter, just chit-chatting with other riders as one does on the Cannonball. And uh, <laughs> I was telling somebody that I was on a super company. They're like, oh, wow, good for you. I'm like, why does everyone keep saying that? And come to find out that, oh, yeah, it's a challenge bike because it's it's kind of a challenge to do this. It's just like, I wish I had known that beforehand. Otherwise, I'd have brought like a Vespa or something, like just to make it easier. I don't want a challenge. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> so, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, you know. I guess. I mean, you know, just I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I was kind of taken aback by that. But like at that point, like, what do you do? You're you're already you know 2,500 miles away from home. It's just like, well, even if I were to get home, I'd ride. So may as well finish the Cannonball, right? No, it was a great bike, and the the only benefit to it not having much power is we had plenty of time to enjoy the scenery. <laughs> so it, uh, you know, it it did all right. It it was really really surprising how well it did. I have to say, um, you know me a little bit, Justin. I I have other small bikes as well that um, I'm pretty familiar with that platform and. Uh, I knew going into it that the Cub was going to be towards the back of the pack when it came to speed, but I just didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that other veteran cannonballers looked at it as such a challenging bike to ride, simply from a power perspective. So <laughs> that was that was eye opening. I've talked to a couple other riders that have done previous cannonballs, and I always like to hear the answer for this next question: What? obstacles or things you didn't think would happen maybe that you didn't even plan for uh became an issue not even an issue but just kind of came up and and took you by surprise wow i guess the way the best way for me to answer that question is i think what took me by surprise most was the unpaved roads well two things one was the unpaved roads i really was not prepared for that um you know around where i ride and and you ride as well i'm sure like roads don't just turn to gravel or dirt or sand um (laughs) in the blink of an eye you pretty much know what you're getting into um Mm -hmm. that that was a big obstacle the other obstacle i think too was just and it's not really an obstacle necessarily of just an observation um but the vastness of everything is just absolutely incredible um to be from where i am and we are you know in pennsylvania the southwest is a huge change of scenery for us so 
it was funny hearing other people talk about how boring it was to ride like the Ortega Highway, you know, mm-hmm. through Southern California and a bit of the desert. And it was just like, I mean, it was a good thing, you know, it's a good thing I had like, uh, you know, a tank bag or essentially a tank bag on the cub because like my jaw would have been scraping off the the asphalt. Like it's just amazing scenery. And I think what really got me through that was just, we're not used to that. It was so amazing to see. I'd never been to the Southwest before in my life. So that was a cool new experience for me as well. And uh, it just, the, the vastness is just so, it's so amazing. Um, and in a way it can be an obstacle just because I didn't expect it to be just as big as it was. You know, you see a Mesa way off in the distance and you ride for another 20 minutes and you're like, I think that's that same Mesa. I'm pretty sure it is. And, uh, it just, it's just incredible scenery. Um, just to use that as an example, but yeah, that was the two big things, the dirt roads, which ended up, you know, <laughs> I didn't pack enough clean pants because like the <laughs> first time or the second time you hit dirt, man, it's like, whoa. And I remember in Oklahoma, I, I don't know if it was the official route or not, but just careening down a nicely paved road, at like 55. And then all of a sudden, maybe a hundred yards from it, you catch a glimpse. You're like, I don't think that's paved anymore. So you kind of let off the throttle, start hitting the brake a little bit and, you hit the gravel doing like 40, 45. That's, that's quite the Hell experience, yeah. especially with, you know, a cub that weighs every bit of 240 pounds or so. Um, right. With myself on there, I almost double the weight of the scooter and then all of my crap, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you get that moving side to side. It's on little pizza cutters, like what the uh, cub has. It's, that's quite the experience. So were you um were you fortunate enough to not lay it down at all on your ride? I don't know how, but I kept it up the whole time. And uh I don't know how I did that because I do not have a lot of experience in riding in the dirt. Um since the end of the cannonball, I've gotten a little bit, <laughs> which <laughs> I now realize I did a lot of wrong stuff. Um but uh yeah, I was kind of blown away by that. Even just like stopping in a parking lot to get gas, you know, once you hit a couple days in, not even, but uh, your, your brain gets really foggy. You know, you're tired. Even when you wake up in the morning, you're kind of tired and uh, you're preparing to ride hours, hours upon hours. And uh, I'm just surprised I kept it together you know, enough to not even just like let it fall over in a parking lot, getting gas or stopping to get food or stretch <laughs> our legs. Um, you know, it's, you see, you know, there was a lot of, I think, content about the cannonball this past summer that people are putting on YouTube and on social media and stuff, which is really cool to see right. um, a lot of different perspectives of the cannonball. And, uh, you know, you see people drop a bike or, or excuse me, drop a scooter or, you know, have a wreck even, um, shout out to Quasimodard for filming and posting him wrecking, I think in Georgia on a dirt road, he bit it hard. Um, not even going that fast and, uh, easy for someone who hasn't gone through that experience or maybe doesn't know what that's like to be like, Oh man, how could you do that? It's like, well, I mean, 
sit your butt down on a scooter for six, seven, eight days and, and ride a couple thousand miles, you know, in that amount of time and see how you feel too, you know? So this being your first time going across the country um, and riding the cannonball is, is there a level of camaraderie there? Is there competitiveness? Um, like what's the overall vibe? I think there's both. There's definitely camaraderie. I mean, when you get to the hotel at the end of the day, you all accept that you're doing the same crazy thing together. And you definitely come together about that. Um, I'm not all that outgoing, but you know, you kind of are inspired a little bit to talk to some people at the end of the day, or even like before the, the cannonball started not to jump around, but, um, you know, we were fortunate enough to stay in San Clemente for a couple of days prior to the cannibal actually starting. And so there were some people who were staying at our hotel as well. And, you know, just chit chatting with them a little bit. Um, we had some veterans, we had some rookies we were talking to. So it was like pretty cool to hear what everyone kind of had to say. We're all prepping for the same thing, kind of in, in, a, in the same way, but we're all doing it a little differently, if that makes any sense. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely camaraderie there. Uh, when it comes to competitiveness, <laughs> there's absolutely a lot of competitiveness. But um, I didn't really rub elbows too much with the very, really, really competitive people. Um, like I said, Mike and I did it together. He's mixed scoot a lot on the forum, by the way. But uh, he and I did it together. And uh, we knew going into it, we were going to be kind of just tourists where, hey, let's make our checkpoints. Let's take our time. And just enjoy it. We're not going to, you know, get caught up in in how much, how many points we're getting and trying to get high up on the leaderboard. We're just, you know, going to have a good time. And uh, what that led us to was that a lot of the people who were really competitive ended up leaving before us on much faster scooters, by the way, which isn't <laughs> hard to do, but, um, or wasn't hard to do rather. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool because even the competitive people, like no one's, well, I didn't get this impression that no one's malicious about it. Like it's just, we're all having a good time and doing it together. And I think that that becomes clear, you know, at the end of the day, especially after a couple of days of riding, yeah. people are sharing tools, people are helping each other fix stuff and, uh, you know, replace things and scooters are breaking and people, Hey, I have this part. You, you know, here you go you know, whether there's money exchanged or just like a thanks, I'll replace it for you. You know, it's just awesome to see. I feel like that's the scooter culture. Oh, absolutely. Through and through. I mean, I feel like, you know, scooterists, we already feel like marginalized when it comes to the two wheel community. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of that, you have fashions within the scooter community where like, you know, you got the guy, the guys and gals who only ride vintage or the people who, you know, wouldn't be caught dead on a vintage bike because they're so unreliable or something like that. So, um, it's nice to see people really sticking together and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it helps that there's really nothing at the end, like you didn't get anything for winning other than say that you did. So, um, that might help a little bit, but now nah, we're, we're all in it to help each other. And the community is awesome. Um, you know, just thinking it like, people who I would never have normally run into anyway. Um, you know, like Val from new Orleans was awesome. 
uh, Garrett from uh, Massachusetts was awesome. Uh, Claire and, and Tara from Texas were absolutely awesome. Quasi from Texas. So, you know, among others, like obviously go Pam and Mm -hmm. uh, Johnny Powell was a huge help to us. Um, just to name a few, David, the organizer, um, Doug was cool. Matt was just the best. I mean, I, he was one of my favorite people that I got to talk to, uh, the whole time and, uh, just people that, you know, you'd never normally run into Right here. You have like this one thing in common and it, it just, it buds these, you know, everlasting friendships and to people who maybe I won't talk to unless I do the cannonball again. And so do, and you know, they decide to do it as mm-hmm. well. Um, it's okay because like, if I see them at the starting line, it's, we're just going to pick up right where we left off. It's going to be great. So that's always a good feeling. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's an awesome community. It, it really makes you feel very fulfilled. Um, just knowing that there's, there's people who care and friendly people out there that, you know, you can run into and, and have a great time with. So with you pulling out at June on June 18, uh, from San Clemente, when did the prep start? When did the, you know, gathering all your information and, and prepping the bike and making the plans. When, when does that start? Whenever, whenever (laughs) you're pulling off the starting line in June. Yeah. I think our prep started about April or May of 2022. Um, You know, like I said, Mike and I did it together and not only the cannonball, but we did all of our prep together as well. And we had wanted to do the cannonball in 2020 when it got canceled. And then it kind of got put on the back burner. We were not pretty close, but we were talking about doing it in 2021, but kind of missed the signups. And then just, you know, it takes a lot of work and a lot of prep, Um, not just with bikes, but with logistics. Right. And so when we started in like April or May, it's like, all right, Signups open a year before we're going to sign up. We're going to get everything in order. And by the 4th of July of 2022, I had basically had all of our hotels booked and we had uh, rooms booked in San Clemente. We had rooms booked in Hilton Head um, for before the cannonball started, as well as several days after the cannonball ended. Um, and really the, the last thing for us was just setting up like the logistics of getting our scooters to the starting line. Cause we had already discussed riding them home, which we did, which was just crazy. But, um, you know, after, after riding across the country, yeah, please, I'll, I'll take some more of that. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of prep and I think the logistics and everything of it was just as much as the bike prep, even though the bike prep took longer. Um, I have a Vespa GTS that I was beginning to prep, but started to have some issues with around August of 2022. And so at that point I decided um, that these were problems that I didn't want to have on the road, especially in the middle of nowhere where I didn't know maybe where I was and started to look for an alternative. And uh, I had gone through several scooters considering them, but uh, I had always wanted a 2022 Super Cub in that sweet matte gray with the red seat. Hmm. 
at a dealer about an hour away from home, had one up for sale in September. I called them to make sure they actually had it because they were like impossible to find. And uh, they did. I went up and bought it the next day. And then, you know, with the intent of using it for the cannonball, I wanted it anyway, but uh, bought it with the intent of using it for the cannonball. And then at that point, uh, my prep really started because, you know, like I said, that's a platform. That 125 Honda platform is one I'm relatively familiar with and uh, have a lot of confidence in. So I was then buying, you know, luggage racks and tires bags, um, you know, a windshield, all kinds of stuff just to throw in that poor little thing to try to careen it across the country as fast as I could, um, which, which isn't saying much. <laughs> not for which one isn't of those. really fast. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, credit where credit's due, though. The Super Cub is super. Um, it's right in the title. Oh, it's it, it blew my mind. I, I had to buy a helmet and I had to ride. I didn't have to ride, but when you, when you have a scooter, of course you're going to, right. right? But, uh, you know, it was a three or four hour trip to go get a new helmet. And, uh, I hopped on the cub and I thought, you know, Hey, this is a great test. We'll put, you know, 300, 320 miles or so on it and ride out, get a new helmet ride back. And I could not believe what it was capable of. I mean, I was, not not to boast but for that little bike i was doing 65 almost 70 at some points like with traffic on a highway just could not believe what it was doing and uh that really kind of boosted my confidence for the the cannonball but you know that uh you do all that bike prepping onto something where you know i was familiar with that platform i knew what it was capable of in something like a grom or a monkey and uh, was kind of putting my faith in that, you know, it could at least do that. And it exceeded my expectations in that respect. Um, was so I oh, go ahead. Was so. there any part of the of the cannonball where you were questioning the cub at all? Did it give you any fits? Do you know, it never put a foot wrong. And I think the the thing about doing the cannonball on a smaller bike like that is you have to set your perception of of what it's going to be capable of. Like, adjust your expectations and just kind of go with it. And I went into it thinking, this thing is going to be slow uphill. I'm not going to have a good top speed. We're going to spend a couple days at higher elevation. I know it's going to be huffing and puffing pretty hard. And uh, I just kind of adjusted my brain to that's what it's going to do and just set out with it. And it honestly blew me away. I remember on day, Oh man, three leaving Winslow, Arizona. And we were riding through a lot of reservations that were relatively flat, but we had a lot of um, elevation to gain that day. I was really impressed with what it did. Day four, was probably where it blew me away the most though. Um, on our way to Oklahoma from New Mexico, we were on kind of the high plains and it was a general downhill for quite some time. So I knew we were losing elevation and kind of, kind of sort of going downhill. I don't know if we had a tailwind or what, but 
it was going 65 up there in like the 6,000 to 5,000, you know, down to 4,000 uh, foot elevation range. And just, right. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, you, you look at something like that and it's just like, there's no way you could ride that across the country. It's like, <laughs> oh, as it turns out, you can. <laughs> so the uh, million dollar question, something you want to do again? <sighs> I'm glad you asked. I think. Um, <laughs> let me, if you don't mind me answering the question this way. Um, so, you know, I did the cannonball with Mike, he and I, I, I remember we had just gotten done changing his tire, Los Alamos, New Mexico. I think our hotel was very nearly 7,500 feet elevation. Um, like, like a couple of, uh, tourists, we ordered Domino's delivery to our hotel <laughs> And we, we eating, like you couldn't catch your breath eating. Like we just were not used to the altitude. We had just gotten done changing a tire. We were like toasted from the day. And, uh, we, we were sitting in our hotel room, (laughs) shamelessly eating as much pizza as we could. We were start. that was the first thing we'd eaten all day. And, uh, could not like catch your breath eating and just going like, this is crazy. And then we were sitting there just like, you know, whenever we started this, we were going into it with the mindset that this may not be something that one will want to do again, or two even have the means to do again. But that in that moment, we both agreed that like it was an incredible experience and that we would, do whatever it was going to take within reason to do it again in 2025. So to answer your question, yeah, we, we want to do it again. Um, it's just, man, so awesome. And I can completely understand people who do it once and say, okay, that's it. Got it out of my system. I'm good. Or have a bad experience and not want to do it again. Um, it wasn't all rosy. We, we had some, some rough moments, but, uh, you know, overall, it's it's the type of riding I like to do. I, I like to get on a bike and just ride all day. And, you know, to put that back to back to back, it is very challenging. But uh, it's absolutely something I would do again. And I hope to do it again in 2025. So, I, uh, although this time, I think <laughs> as soon as uh, we get word of what the route's going to be, I'm going to start my bike prep as early as possible. So, you going small bore again? It's going to depend on the route. Um, I think if there's a lot of gravel, a lot of dirt, I'm going to really consider taking the cub again, just sticking some knobbies on it or somehow sourcing a second set of wheels, putting some knobbier tires on it and, uh, you know, kind of swapping them out when, when the time is right. If it's a little more paved, I think I am going to take my GTS or, uh, uh, not to give too much away necessarily, not like it's a huge secret, but um, growing up, a, a neighbor has an MP3 250 and it's been sitting unused for probably 10 years, if not more. And it's, it's a, it's a vehicle that I'm quite interested in trying <laughs> to get my hands on to prep for a, a cannonball. I think it would be really fun to do a cannonball on that. So um, we'll see what happens. I, uh, 
I have to say, though, as much as I would love to do it on my Super Cub again, to leave in the morning a couple hours before some of the people on the bigger bore scooters and then to arrive at the hotel an hour to two hours after the big bore scooters have gotten there <laughs> and to see people like showered and just kind of walking around enjoying themselves. And there you are like picking grasshoppers out of your teeth and just like, you know, kind of disheveled. And it's just like, we left it. What time did you leave again? Oh man. <laughs> just like, Oh, this, this kind of stinks. I don't know if I like this. So yeah, as much as I'd love to do the super cub again, it, uh, it might have been a one and done for my Super Cub. It's lived its legend. It's it's become what it is, um, and, and that might be about it for it. The other thing too is looking at the route that they're talking about. You know, the rumor for twenty twenty five. I don't know if a small bore scooter is going to be the best option, just given the terrain that we might be going through. So um, I, I'm definitely leaning towards a bigger scooter this time, but we'll see. You never know. <laughs> I think the Super Cubs definitely got, you know, at least another cannonball in it. It's just if I want to take it or not. So <laughs> we'll sit down. If you do the 2025, we'll sit down beforehand and uh, we'll talk about the prep that goes into it and not the after effects of it. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Hey, I want to thank you for taking the time, Alex, and sitting down and sharing your experience with me and uh, with everybody else. I really appreciate you taking the time and doing that. I appreciate your time and getting me on. It's, uh, you know, an awesome thing to have a podcast like this and just get it out to people who really enjoy this content. Hopefully this hasn't been too boring for them. Obviously, it's been great for us, I think. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think the more content, the better, you know, there's a lot of good content on the social media and YouTube and, and things like that for the cannibal in 2023. Um, I know GoPam's getting videos up or trying to get videos edited and up. She's I'm sure busy as all get out. Um, you know, quasi Modart is getting his stuff up slowly and DJ tiny's getting stuff up. Um, he's another one I forgot to mention earlier, like just super cool down to earth guy just to talk to. Um, and, uh, another person who just absolutely makes the cannonball what it is just enjoyable start to finish top to bottom. So, um, but anyway, yeah, thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks again to Alex for taking the time to sit down and talk about his rookie cannonball experience with me. I know it's been a minute since the scooter affair has put out a new episode, but we're back and in the swing of things and we'll be resuming a somewhat regular schedule. A sincere thank you for sticking with us and continuing to listen. If you've missed any episodes, make sure you head over to scooteraffair.com and do some catch up. Thanks for listening. Stay well and so long. Yeah.